name's Leonard. It's nice to meet you. Why are you here? I suppose I'm here to make friends with you. And your dad's too. But my heart is broken. Why is it broken? Because of what I have to do today. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. What's going on, Nam Fam? It is your boy, Big Arby, here with Brian and Kent. Kent, live from the Super Bowl, growing down with Carrot Top, living the dream, every man's dream. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, I, you just want to break down this Kyrie trade, or you know, that's what's on your minds. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm gonna get real. Um, I'm feeling a little flat about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but <laughs> no, we won't. Well, hey, good. subscribe to Brian's basketball pod if you want that talk. There you go. Yeah, that. there you go. Spread, Spread the floor. floor. That's what it's called. Yeah. There Spread you go. The- <laughs> I didn't tell you guys I was on a, a plane when the trade went down. So that's always great mm. when you're when you're covering the Mavericks in some capacity. Hey, when you were up <laughs> in that plane, could you see the uh, curvature of the earth? You couldn't, could you? No, I could not. Something to think about. I'm just asking questions. That proves that's, that's a great point you raise. Well, I hey, I could not miss Shyamalan talk, and just wait till you guys see what I have planned for the ending of this episode. Oh, it's no. gonna blow your minds. Right. Oh my gosh, right. I can't wait. I, I'm I'm hyped. Well, Ken, I'm glad to hear you're doing well out at Radio Row. Any uh, any stories you want to share? Anything good you got? No, other than like you said, I, I spotted Carrot Top today. <laughs> That's huge in the uh, wild. That's and he bad. had multiple handlers, so he was swiftly <laughs> escorted away. <laughs> Did he really? As soon as Gosh. a fan recognized him, he was That's swift, a swiftly escorted. I mean, he probably no, is know. worth like way more than we think, so he can probably no. But there was much. nobody going up to him, like maybe a few people, but. It's just funny because Richard and I unironically like carrot, like love carrot top, and I was like really excited. I was like, "Carrot top's here!" He's like, "Okay, celebrity net worth." All right, let's do it. What, what, what's the uh, carrot top? Oh, yeah. good. I'm gonna say sixty mil. Okay, Kento. He said that show at the Luxor forever. That stuff. Pays. Yeah, I mean, he's been in Vegas for twenty years. Uh, I'm going hundred mil. Okay. It's a good guess. Uh, he is he is seventy million dollars. Nice. Think, Ooh, right between to, uh, celebrity net worth, probably from all from chairman of the board residuals. <laughs> I would guess. Yeah, B O R E D. Um. No, yeah, not is... not much. I think I sp- I spotted Imagine Dragons today. Oh, sick! We made eye contact and did they have big awkward, drums? You know, it's like a very awkward thing. No, they were no, they're very tall. Said we're Aren't they very tall? Is that a, is that is that true? They're very tall people. I, no I think I saw them and they were all very tall. They definitely weren't like football players. And they yeah. were all tatted and, and things. And they're playing here this weekend. Could so, be worship so. ministers. Could be. Could, could be. be. Yeah. yeah. It could have been Hillsong United just broing out the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hillsong. <laughs> That's a joke for basically us, but congrats if you enjoyed that one. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's good here, but like I said, you, you you can't miss Shyamalan talk. Went to the theater for this one last week with the wife. Nice. Uh, she she was down for this one, and yeah, man. Um, I guess start there, Richard, with uh, you know, um, how you saw this one. Yeah, I saw it uh, this afternoon in a movie theater. So 
that was uh uneventful. Like you do on a on a Tuesday. You yeah. Know? I did. It was uh Let's roll into a two PM Yep. Shyamalan. Yeah. Hey, question though, did you pay extra for a middle seat? Did you go to an AMC? I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I, that is controversial. We'll talk we, about this at length at some point in movie news. Yeah, let's save that for movie topical. news. We can break it down. Yeah. I'd like to see them go to a uh because I go to when I go to movies, it's like uh super dead. I'd like to see them go to dynamic pricing based on supply and demand like airlines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, good. That, I, no mo- they would never make money. I, I know. So many movies will just be broke because there's no demand. But like, you know, but Friday night, 8 p.m., that's going to be 100 bucks a seat. But Tuesday but yeah, at if, 3? But if it's some movies, like I said, if it's 31 not for cents. that average Joe, it's just like, what is this? It goes and pays $15 and hates it. Mm-hmm. Then they're not making any money. Yeah. Got to get that 15 you know? Got to get it. Well, we are here talking uh, Knock at the Cabin the newest M. Night Shyamalan. Um, is this his first? I was curious about this. Is this his first adaptation? I didn't realize it was adaptation until I saw it. Has he adapted anything else? He did. I think Old was adapted. Okay. Okay. He did um, a TV show, uh, Wayward Pines, that is a, that's adapted. Um, but I don't know old is based on Sandcastle. Okay. That's what it's called. That's a... Right, I didn't know that. Old is a strange movie, man. I don't. <laughs> I just remembered. I was I was trying to think so hard. I, I I kept thinking like, man, his last movie was Glass. That was kind of that was kind of mm-hmm. weird. And then it occurred to me in the middle of watching this one. Oh yeah, old. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a strange one. Strange. Yeah, experience. it was. It was. It's well, he's he's back. You know, he's self financing these, right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting sort of. He's he's figured out a, a little niche again. Um, in Hollywood, this one I think was very um, divisive in terms of how it was how it was uh, received. But we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk through that. But uh, Brian, I know you're kind of like you're 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 you love some early M Night, and then you're also not a big horror movie guy. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this sort of generically. Uh, how, you know, were you hyped for this, and then did it deliver on anything for you? I don't think I'm ever going to be hyped for an M Night movie again. Um, but he has brought me back to like I will see them again, you know. I mean, which is kind of saying that I, I, I mean, those first, honestly, I'll even put the village in there. I'll say those first four movies are bangers. I mean, they're they're really good mm-hmm. movies, and there was he he was a director that in my in my teen years and in my my early twenties was like somebody who had. I, I don't know. I, I think that there are a lot of directors that in that that time period, I think, had some like like name draw, like real name value. Just well, the new movie from this guy. Wow, he really was kind of top of the list or very close to it for for a five or six year span for me. It was event stuff. Like when when he made a movie, like everybody I knew was was hyped for it and um, got excited about it and stuff. And then so many that he made in the the 2000s and 2010s were just terrible and and I got to a point where I was like I I don't know that I'm ever going to see another one of his like I don't this is this is so so bad um my wife and I went to see the happening when it first came out 
because she we we'd only been dating for like a month or two at that point. She was really into M Night movies. We had a couple of friends who were really into this. We were super pumped for that movie, and then just like, what did we just watch? This is such a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, so like, anyway, I don't trust him enough to be uh to have like any like real anticipation for his movies anymore this has this was one that's been on my radar for a long time because of the book i didn't read the book but people who people who have read the book really love it paul tremblay is somebody who has like a really strong name recognition with um with 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 genre and like and 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 vague genre fans i think uh but people really talked this up and were really excited about this i think he's he's from what I understand, he spent a long time like trying to get it made into a movie. The 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 author of the book did, and uh, and trying to make this happen. And uh, so yeah, it's been it's been on my radar for a couple of years, and uh, it seemed like I think I've said previously, I think that this is probably what he is best at now, or what he should do is just kind of stick to horror movies and and genre because I. Those first four movies, like, yes, they, I think they all sort of touch into or tap into that world a little bit, um, at times, but they're not, Sixth Sense is pretty close to a real horror movie, but they're not overly genre. They're not completely genre and stuff. And, uh, and I think that it just, he had good ideas for four stories and that was, that was kind of where it ended. So he has the sensibilities to be a good horror director or horror adjacent director. And I think he should probably just continue to lean into it. And so I think this was a pretty good, I think this was a pretty good, good uh, opportunity for him or, 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 or a property that matched his sensibilities pretty well. It seems like um, to try to, to kind of do horror, but, but have it be, I don't know, horror light diet horror. I don't know, whatever, uh, somewhere that, that, can still like maybe give him a chance to show off the things that he does well and and then have it be kind of horror. So anyway, on and on and on. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, was kind of I, I I don't know. I wouldn't say I was looking forward to this, but I was aware of it. And I think that I will always kind of hope that he has another really good movie somewhere in him. But I don't I don't really have a lot of faith that that is the truth. I guess. Yeah, can't. What about you, man? Guys, I gotta admit, M Night is very, very high on the the guilty pleasure list for sure. me. Yeah, something about it. I don't know if it's the nostalgia. I I don't think it is. I think it's it's the hope of something greater. I think he sells hope in the cinema. <laughs> he he really sells a perception of um, twists and turns and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This film had a great marketing campaign. I thought the trailer, initial trailer was kind of hit or miss that we saw in theaters, I guess, or, or teaser trailer. But the ongoing marketing campaign, like that they've been going through the NFL playoffs and, and, and everywhere of that line from Bautista of, you have to choose to kill one of you just to prevent the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And then that, that big graphic of, who's it going to be or you must choose or something like that. It's just, I I could see why this made a bank on opening weekend beat avatar and it drew people to the theaters because he sells that. Oh man, I don't know that the ending of that one, like when you're selling an ending based on the trailer, it's uh yeah, 
I think um, going to really benefit you to get people out in butts and seats. Although, spoiler alert for this episode, I do think this has one of the weakest <laughs> Shyamalan endings. So ironically, that's uh, mm. kind of how it worked out. But I was really intrigued by this premise. I think he's stepped away from supernatural stuff uh, for the most part. And he's going just straight thriller, no suspense thriller uh, with, I guess, psychological elements to it. This one has, you know, religious elements, all that kind of stuff. This one felt kind of creepy because you never really knew the motives going through. And he kind of keeps you guessing through that. I thought this one was somewhat well-directed. I mean, I kept thinking to myself, like, man, in the hands of a better director, this would be this would be really humming. I was kind of disappointed in the lack of just overall moments in this movie, like big moments, memorable moments in the movie. Uh, although, like I say, I think the setup, the premise, setting, the cast, ensemble, idea, all that, I think is right up Shyamalan's alley. So I could see why he would he would take on something like this. But I don't think. In the end, it's really very Shyamalan-y, and we can talk about that as we get as we get going. Mm. But I was uh, psyched for this one. I think I I'm with you, Brian. I think I'll always be I'll at least see this. Um, but I'm I'm wondering how long the theatrical element of of what he does is going to last. You know, because if if I was a streaming service or something, this guy can make movies that everybody talks about for $20 million or mm. less, you know? Mm-hmm. So seems like an easy return on investment. If you're trying to sign somebody, I could see these movies being on Peacock or whatever in the future. Sure. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he seems to, seems to be, like I said, putting butts in seats. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting movie. I, I've been thinking about it all evening because it's like, it really plays with, the entire context of M. Knight's career and what he does. Mm-hmm. It's playing on the ep- ex- expectation of what you know him to be, right? Right. Yeah. You're, you're expecting a twist, you know, the whole time. You're trying to say, okay, well, obviously this isn't what it is. And, and we'll talk about the third act here in a few. But, like, it's to your point when you say it'd be interesting to see this in another director. Um, yeah, and that's not necessarily because it's poorly directed, but it's like you cannot help but watch it in the okay what's the dead people thing gonna be what's the glass thing going to be i'm trying mm-hmm. you know you're trying to solve it the whole time okay what's the truth here what's the lie what's the motive what's all this which you probably would to some extent with any director with this kind of subject matter but it's like especially so here you go because the the sadly because he was so great at executing twists early in his career you know the the twist ends up being the product of his filmmaking more than the film itself and so you're you so with the context of his entire oeuvre uh you you're watching this in a very different way at least i did than than i would with other directors i don't know if that's better or worse but then it also kind of knows you're going to do that so it plays that against you it makes it a really interesting story that he tells um as as we kind of start talking about where where this kind of goes it also has this um you know it has a um, homosexual, uh, you know, family, you know, parents mm-hmm. in this, and it plays with that. Like, is are these people that are infiltrating, filled by a hatred of that, with the with the Rupert Grint storyline and all of that, Rory or whatever. So, um, 
it, it's playing with a lot of different things there. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it for five hours. I still don't know if it's good. I still don't know if it executes on any of that, but it's certainly occupied my brain more than, you know, like Babylon did. And maybe that's because I'm stupid, but, um, it, it uh, it's certainly, it's hard to think about this in its own context is my point. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It, he, no one is. Go, I mean, I would assume very few people are going to see this for the first as their first like M Night Shyamalan movie. Maybe, maybe some, but but the majority of people are going to know this is what you know. This is who this person is, and this is the the movie that the movies that he did. And the twist ending was like, I think it has become sort of like a a burden for him. Sure, um, over the years and. And yet also, but also it's, it's like, <laughs> I get the sense sometimes that he would like to shed that, but then he's not capable of doing it, you know? And it's like, well, but I would like to throw in a twist here, you know? And he or, like, you can't know, help directing himself. this kind of movie, which just lends itself to. Yeah, exactly. Realities so, at once. Right. Totally, yeah. totally. And so it's kind of interesting. I'm with you, Richard. It's like, it's hard. It's kind of hard to, to just look at this as a movie. It is, it is interesting to me. That there is that the twist on this gets revealed twenty minutes into the movie, and that you spend the the rest of the movie kind of waiting for it to twist again, and it doesn't come. And so, I I wonder how, having not read this book, I and and knowing like what what is like full adaptation and what's not, like I wonder if that was purposeful of of I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to by not doing a twist. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this and this was a big thing with once upon a time in Hollywood. Right. And Tarantino's having a lot of fun. Hitchcock had a lot of fun with that in his later mm-hmm. yeah. movies. Yeah. Just playing with the audience. What are what they pay to go see? Don't give mm-hmm. them that. That's mm-hmm. really fun to them <laughs> right. for some reason. Right. And, and you know what? It'll probably work the next time because you'll think, Oh, well certainly he'll do something again. Certainly he'll, I think that's, for how long? Maybe 20 years we've been saying, oh, certainly M. Night's going to be back to form with this one, right? <laughs> and it seems to be like vaguely back to form. I think what's probably the most successful one? Uh, what was that one? The Visit was pretty big. About I mean, the I think it's Split. Split is the Split one. Split that, was a that, big one because yeah, of the him ending. Back in, yeah. in good graces, yeah. I think. Because he'd, he'd had to go away and do TV. Um, which Wayward Pines was actually pretty good for a season, uh-huh. and then it, it lost the, its way. And I, I, I don't remember how involved he was. I don't remember if he directed three episodes or, or twenty. I don't, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Split is the one that that recasts him as, oh, he can, he's capable. Now, I, I don't really like Split very much, but it, at least it wasn't a friggin' disaster like the previous, you know, four movies had been. I mean, after earth happened, you know? So like, yeah, I, I think, I think split. Sorry. Gosh, I didn't mean to forgot about you that. And derail. You can't, but I think split <laughs> it, happened. Where You're right. it, it, it sort of was like, Hey, Oh, he, he can, he is a, maybe he's not a great filmmaker. Like maybe we, we thought he was for the first couple of films, but, but he is like a capable film filmmaker. If, in the right circumstances. And I think that was a real question for about a decade. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think so too. I think he, he, again, he sells concept and Richard, I can't, like I said, help myself when saying, man, I wish a a better director had done Mm -hmm. uh, some of this stuff. And I don't know if you want to get to likes and dislikes, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I do. And I want to say, I'm not going to reveal it at all, but like I read earlier today the synopsis of this book. Did either of you do that? I did like a I, long time I ago. Assume I assume it had the same twists and turns yeah. as this, but how yeah. much did he change it up? A or? lot. I can understand yeah. why people that love this book would hate this movie, mm, but okay. I didn't read it. But it's vastly different with things that happen. I encourage you both and anyone that's your interested or, you know, or read the book. But if you don't want okay. to do that, the Wikipedia synopsis you, would, you understand is – Things are just completely different and, and really kind of change the meaning of it, I think, or the lesson of it or the moral of it in some ways. Mm. And it's a lot more, you know, I won't even say. It's just different. Okay. I almost think you have to – I want y'all's opinion on this because you're bigger readers than I am. I almost think you have to if you're a director and you want to adapt something. You almost have to find something that no one knows about. You kind of got to yeah. go in and read a short story from the back of a library somewhere and find that. Sure. Because if you – try to adapt anything with any kind of fan base or people are going to go in with those expectations. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Unless you're doing a really like, you know, eight episodes. Truthful. Truthful. Yeah. Adaptation. Yeah. 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 But this is, you know, the changes that he makes are are really change in this. But anyway, likes and dislikes. Well, I can go first. I like him. And Batista was really good in this. He was. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Creepy and charming and creepy charming and all that. That was a very memorable character, Leonard. I'll never forget that character. (laughs) Yeah, he he was a very good he was the right choice to 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 deliver the kind of like stilted dialogue that that M. Night writes. Well, because I I think he can do I think sometimes that that kind of that style his style of dialogue Mm -hmm. works really well. I just think that the world that it's in has to has to be really interesting or and work too. Like it, it's like hand in hand kind of thing. Because I I mean he's not a great he's not a great character and and uh, dialogue writer at all. And sometimes it's, he's actually very very bad at it. But but it he does kind of have a style, and I think it takes a it takes particular actors. I would not say that he is an actor's director, but I but I think it takes a particular skill set in the actor uh, to be able to deliver that those lines and have them come across well and to and to feel true. And Bautista was actually kind of a great vessel for that style of of dialogue that he that he brings. I think. Yeah, it's really because well you're again playing off expectations in this character that he set up. Mm-hmm. It's Dave Bautista covered in tats, more tats than I think he has. And he's a second grade teacher yeah. in this movie. So yeah. you're like uh, expecting like, okay, surely this guy's full of crap, right? <laughs> At least that's what I was thinking. Let's get into spoilers now so I can continue to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're I mean, getting very we, spoiler, very spoilery coming up. Yeah, we kind spoiler, of spoiler. Did, did a little, but um, this is very spoilery. So the fact that this guy who, you know, knocks at the door, and is completely convinced of this apocalyptic scenario or was the four horsemen or whatever. When you find out at the end that like he had a hundred percent conviction about that, it really does make you view that character in a different way. I think it would, I don't know if it would minimize the performance if you're finding out, Oh yeah, he really is a creep. Dave Bautista being able to pull, pull that off and keep us guessing was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I guess we can kind of go into it too. Yeah, the twist of this is that there's it's pretty much on the up and up. Like the apocalypse and things that you think it's going to be this big kind of gimmick, and it turns out that 
they need them to kill one of them to save the world. Mm-hmm. It appears. I so. honestly, when I saw the trailer, yeah, that's what I, to be honest, expected with this movie. I don't know if if you guys had that same thought or what you expected, but I was like, it wouldn't surprise me if they really do have to kill somebody to prevent the apocalypse. <laughs> like that to me, that seems like a an interesting yeah. movie, but. Yeah, I, I thought I I I thought I was gonna go the opposite. I did you guys ever see? Um, did you ever see Take Shelter, the Jeff Nichols movie? Yes. From, yeah. I thought that it was gonna. I, that was my expectation, and part of that again, I fully acknowledge was the M Night of it. I, I I expected this was gonna be they get out of this situation and you know get out on the road or whatever, and the last scene is you start to see the destruction of the earth. So it's like, oh, it was true the whole time and they blew their their opportunity. I thought that's where we were we were headed, which is not to spoil take shelter from a movie that seven people saw twelve years ago, but but that's kind of the the bit with that is he has these he has these prophetic visions that he gets talked down from and then come to find out he was he was right and that's like the last shot of of the movie and stuff i thought that's where we were headed and i don't know if i would have had that expectation if this was being directed by not m night Shyamalan. i don't i don't know but that was that's kind of where i was at with it coming in same same yeah i yeah i i thought it would be commentary on these people's issue with their relationship or but they kind of address that quickly, like you said, Brian, like 20 minutes in. Mm. And then it turns out that that's just kind of a, a you know, once again, that's kind of the twist, but that's early. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was a, a, a interesting choice to kind of keep it literal in that sense, in terms of of the apocalypse. And, uh, you know, you start seeing these the four horsemen kind of killing each other and you go, OK, well, maybe, you know, that's how that's going to be. And then kind of once... Once Batista, spoiler, spoiler, spoilery, uh, offs himself, you're going, okay, how is this going to be a con? (laughs) Uh Oh, it wasn't. It was all just real. This is bizarre Uh, because their love was true or something. I don't know. I want to ask you guys about, again, directing something that stood out to me. The Rupert Grant character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How... Grintessance is here, guys. You've been saying it for years, Kent. It's going to happen. Like the Grintessance. I have been saying. When they recognize him as the guy that harassed him in the bar it, early in the movie, I, I don't know how early it is, 30 minutes in, and then they end up having the flashback. Again, side note, did you guys like the flashbacks? I didn't know what that added. No, much, I didn't like but, it. I thought it um, should have been more or less one right. or the other. And yeah. so here's the thing with that. Save that Rupert Grant reveal for that later flashback. Wouldn't that yeah, have been so I much totally more agree. impactful if, totally if like they just yeah. go to a flashback and you're like, oh my God, that's him in the bar. You're like, okay, I, I thought this that was makes, I thought that was one of the Why spoil the, that? Yeah, I thought that was one of the major um missteps or, or weaknesses in the plot was if you're going to kind of lay the groundwork of like I thought it was kind of a it was a cool plot plot idea to have uh what's his name Andrew um think no this is all they're all connected we you know and and that this is this is essentially a hate crime being carried out um I thought that was a that was kind of an interesting plot and they I think you can do that without doing that 
I think you can have him saying, I think this is a setup without it being, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I would just say, if you're going to do it, then let's go ahead and do it. It was it was yeah. not enough for me to, to for that to really work and pay off. It, it needed to be, that was, a, like, I'm glad that this movie's an hour and a half long and not, not three hours long, like every freaking movie we see. That's a major plus. But it, it felt like it either needed to be 10 minutes longer or 10 minutes shorter. If we're going to, kind of open up these these little plot holes or or or, or uh uh pl- opportunities to expand the plot then let's go ahead and expand the plot a little bit instead of just saying it it, it felt like just throw it throw it out there oh no okay we're just gonna float it and then move on and i, and I could have done more and the same like you said i'm sorry it was the same with it with the with the the flashbacks it was i don't i don't know what the point of having two small flashbacks is i think i need this either needs to be kind of a like a consistent thing or it needs to be not a thing as as part of this in my for me i think the reason for it was so you establish the family and uh-huh. the willingness to do anything for the family and what that means but i just thought it was poorly executed yeah 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 Agreed that's fair. there um <laughs> going to give you a good what does this movie mean? What is it trying to say? You know, it's like almost this almost religious parable, this fairy tale of love and death and apocalyptic themes and all this stuff, but it doesn't, I don't know what it's trying to say about any of them. It's like kind of jumps around, I guess love conquers all Mm -hmm. including killing each other, (laughs) which is what Sarah and I said in our vows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. It was a, it was an yeah, awkward moment. For it's everyone. a movie that really talks about things, but I don't know if it says anything about them, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. You don't have to have, you don't have to be preachy, but it's like, it was, it was right. like, I was right. like, why, you know? Um, I also thought the um, news segments mm-hmm. yeah. were just so poorly done. I don't know if that was on purpose, too. It might have been on purpose yeah, to say, true. oh, this so could be a setup. Like, yeah, it could look like a setup. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, but I was not not convinced in the slightest. But I guess it yeah. was all real. But it was very uh, I don't know bad bad expositiony weird stuff. Yeah, I think that you are right to ask the question like, what does this mean? And then for us to say kind of nothing. Yeah, and then it doesn't to have maybe, to. By the way, we don't yeah, I I would say because that's not something we ask about that we're going to ask about Fast X, you know, or whatever. Well, but sure. like it does feel like a movie that and I think this is a I don't think it's just just this movie I think this is an M. Night thing I think he is somebody who wants his movies to mean something and or at least wants to have the audience ask what does that mean or or mm, ruminate on it you know and and I'm not I'm not sure that this was quite smart enough to to prompt that question and and again, that's totally fine. Like not again, not every movie has to be that. We don't we don't we don't sit here and 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 delve into the meanings of of all of these movies, but I th- I think one of his issues has been sort of I think he would even admit that one of his issues in in the like post Sixth Sense Unbreakable Signs era was like a an inflated sense of <laughs> like self-worth and importance or whatever 
and I, I think he sort of has figured out like how to um, work through some of that and be better. But I do think that he's somebody who wants his movies to mean something. And sometimes I want to be like, Hey man, it could just be like a horror movie, you know, or whatever. It doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be extra depth to this kind of thing, but his movies tend to try to get you to ask that question. I feel like, yeah, I mean, and true, it's like if you wanted to just do a, a gay couple in this scenario and just not really comment on, you know, like hate crimes and things like that, and I've certainly happened. That's fine. It's, or you know, being brainwashed of, by the internet, right? Like, and kind of like normalize that different type of couples can be in different type of stressful situation. That's cool. You don't have to have your take on, you know, uh, gay parents or anything, but. But if you are going to then touch on like this person was, you know, hateful to them in the past and, you know, traditional kind of four horsemen of the apocalypse thing and how that juxtaposes with, you know, people's more traditional religious beliefs and more modern types of living, blah, blah, blah. And then go, but there's no real, like you're bringing up all these sort of like hot buttons, not necessarily hot buttons, but things that are Mm -hmm. interested in having a dialogue about, especially in context to each other. And then. Uh, leaving them kind of unresolved. I'm not even saying it's a bad choice. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've just been thinking about that as well. Yeah. Like what, why then what? Yeah. But that mm-hmm. could just be, you know, sometimes vagueness is, is a statement as well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't think that the movie means as much as he would like it to mean, but, but, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't, you know, maybe, maybe there's all, Maybe this is a nope situation and actually there's a whole lot of depth to it that I did not understand. You know, I don't think so because I think Jordan Peele is a much better filmmaker than, than M. Night is at this point. But, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe maybe there's more to it than, than all of that. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I want to talk about the two other co-leads on that too. Um, I thought they were quite good. Uh, Jonathan Groff yeah. and uh, Ben Aldridge. Um, I thought were we're really kind of, um, you know, uh, I, I, I bought in, which I don't always with modern M night, uh, leads <laughs> can be, those can kind of mm-hmm. be underwritten, but I thought that they did a good job. Yeah. I thought they did. I thought they did a very, I, I think like one of the, the, the kind of understated issues with his movies as, as they've gone on is that I do not think that he elevates the actors that he has at his disposal and, and through the course of, of some of those movies, he, he, in, in, he, he worked with less, lesser actors over the course of some of those. Like, I mean, Bruce Willis's last decade and a half, two decades was pretty bad, but Bruce Willis had like real acting, at least, at least was very, very good at doing the things that he did in six Sense and unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson is a terrible person. He is an he was an incredible actor. Samuel Jackson is a great actor. Like even Split is a movie that I don't very I don't like very much, but James McAvoy was great in that movie because he's a very good actor. I think that if you put good actors into his movies, he doesn't get in their way. He does not even even when he has bad writing, stilted writing or whatever, he 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 at the very least knows how to to let them cook, you know, to let the, let the talent cook when they're really good at what they do. It's just, you're not going to get much out of anyone who isn't a, 
very good plus actor, you know, it, it's, you're, you're going to, I mean, I love Bryce Dallas Howard. She's not on the same level of James McAvoy or, um, Samuel Jackson or, you know, some of these other people that he's, he's worked with. And so the worse the talent is, the <laughs> the worse the movies are going to be usually, generally speaking, you know. I mean, Will Smith's a good as a, is a is an accomplished actor. I think After Earth, you can just put on the the whole of that entire thing of we're we're gonna create an entire world <laughs> out of this movie, you know, with a new so all of those sorts of things. But um, I think if you give him good actors to work with, Jonathan Groff's a really good actor, and uh, Bautista I think showed to be a really good actor. Rupert Grant's pretty good. Some of the others, maybe, maybe a little bit lesser, you know, but, but overall, if you give him good actors to work with, he at the very least will, will allow them to show how good they are as actors and not get in their way. And there's, there's something, there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. Any closing thoughts before we grade this out? Not at all. Let's give her. Let's give it an old grave. I'll go first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus. What about you, Kent? I'm gonna go A plus. <laughs> How's that for a twist? What a twist! I'm going uh, B minus. Nice, Brian. Um, I'll just go, I'll go a slight tick up from you guys. I'll go straight B. Nice. Batista's worth the the, the uh, yeah the he's great ball, man I think he's I very hope he good does more non superhero stuff not that he's not great in that too but he's he's uh, he said he's done with Guardians now so cool yeah he's got, be, I think he'll have an interesting career and he's not he's doing Dune that's kind of yeah and he's a great he's like big but not like the Rock big where he can probably do less like comic booky stuff you know. The Rock, we all have our criticisms of, but he also is pretty bookended into certain types of roles just because he's mm. distractingly giant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Kent, what you got for us this week? Yeah, I've been uh, going on a David Bowie deep dive this year, going back chronologically yeah. through the albums been really enjoying it and i'm up past ziggy stardust now but i want to recommend an underrated gem the man who sold the world the album great Mm. album yeah great record so check that one out a little grungy kind of more velvet undergroundy kind of bowie stuff but um kind of bridges the gap between ziggy stardust and space oddity really well so check that one out man who sold the world Nice. All right, Great Brian, what you got? Cover too. Great Nirvana cover. On that yeah. Song. Um, 
Really good. Okay, uh, really good time time period for for TV right now. I've 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 I always love um, end of January, beginning of February when I've finished watching all the movies that I need to watch for our end of end of uh, year episode and all that, and I can like just just watch TV for a little bit and and uh, knock out some of these shows that some shows that I've missed over the year and then get into whatever new is coming out it's been there's been several lately so that may be my recommend for the next couple weeks but i'm gonna go this week i'm going with poker face the uh ryan johnson natasha leone show on uh on the on the peacock it's it's a lot of fun natasha leone's great um i don't know if you guys have seen any of this but it's it's very it's very procedury. It's it's every week is a different uh, you know. It's kind of a monster of the week thing with with yeah. two minutes of overarching story from for for each episode, like tying into the over the big story. Uh, and it's it's super fun, man. It it it's the, he is jamming every episode with um with big name people yeah. and and guest stars and stuff and. It's it's just an is an absolute blast. It is it is just a it's such a refreshing like different. It I say different. It really is just like Columbo or like something from. I mean yeah. this this very tropey tried and true method of of making hour long television, but we don't do that anymore. And that's cool because Prestige TV is awesome and and I love all that stuff. But it's also really pretty fun to just pop into a. I don't know, like a nursing home for with a murder for an hour and have it just be kind of a fun, silly time while she solves a murder. And uh, it's a blast. I love it. It's it's been it's I don't know, six episodes in, something like that. Cool. And it is is so much fun. Even really with uh Jamila Jamil? Yeah, even okay. with even, even um, with. Yeah. I saw a great thing about how Peacock has really become a very great streamer in terms of original content but you cannot find any of it because of that yes awful. i know i know they could just, just clean that up they're actually doing on the content development side they're doing great there's so much good stuff yeah. on there both old and yeah. new yeah figure good out luck. your uh your platform a little bit your your interface would be great but uh literally just yeah, do a list would be better than what you have <laughs> right like, yeah like seriously reading a wikipedia like, article yeah that would like be a better. google doc oh yeah that sounds fun um, <laughs> yeah, link, no, brief link. description oh, perfect yeah yeah that would be that would be fantastic. Uh but yeah, for real. It's so much fun. And and uh last episode has Judith Light in it. The oh, thing man. that I think is fun, that maybe that maybe the little Judith Light the, is, the, is upon us. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe the smartest little bit really is, is every episode, the first 10, 15 minutes is the crime, is the murder or the yeah. whatever. And you, so you see it happen, so you know the rest of the show, the episode, like this is the person that committed the murder or whatever oh, that's else. Cool. And so then you get to see her figure out Got it. how and why. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm going long now, but like, she's not, she's not out trying to be, she's trying to stay under the radar. She's not out trying to solve crimes and stuff like that. She just like keeps falling into these, these situations. Like she's just happens to be d- doing basically day labor at, uh, this nursing home. And, she gets picked up as a roadie for a, a an eighties metal band that's you know struggling to, to to stay together and and things like that. So it's it's just kind of a fun. It's a little bit different than 
like only murders or whatever where you don't know exactly what's happening. You know who did it the whole time and you just get to watch her try to figure it out. It's just it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun time and I think you both would would really enjoy it. So. Yeah, on the list for sure. Cool, cool. Um my weekly recommend, hey, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a bro here. Uh we've got basketball season's about to kick off. We've got the Super Bowl ending. I've got a co weekly recommend here. It's a perfect week to do it. I'm going to recommend as we come into the Super Bowl, all of the athletic NFL podcasts produced by one Kent Garrison. And I'm going to recommend all the NBA podcasts spread the floor uh, by one Brian Gill. I love both of your work on both of those. I'm going to use my recommend recommending all the stuff you're doing because it's uh, trade deadline season and the Super Bowl. And you both are putting out a lot of good stuff and it deserves to be listened to. So if you're not already listening to both those, do it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Athletic football show. And uh, about them Cowboys, we've got Hogan Johns, if you're a Bears fan, Birds with Friends, if you're an Eagles guy, Time's Ours, if you're a Chiefs person, a lot of of NFL content coming out of The Athletic. And also, 77 Minutes is our Mavs Mavs pod that I do that I mentioned earlier. Brian's got spread the floor with Ian Tobin, talking NBA narratives every week and all that stuff, which is great. So you guys do great work listening to a lot of your stuff. And uh, yeah, might as well use a recommend on it this time when those two seasons kind of cross over. All righty. Well, this was fun. Um, Some great recommends, some great uh, thoughts on M night. We've got some great other great episodes coming this month and a lot of stuff happening in the VIP. It's, it's romantic month. We've got warm bodies. We've got uh, a vote coming out. If you're a VIP, you can vote on our next throwback episode, which is always fun. So if you're not a VIP, get in there. Mad About Movies podcast slash VIP. Check it out. And uh, it's uh, it's a great little, not only do you get extra episodes every week, but all kinds of goodies and community in there as well. All right. Well, until next time, we will see you all at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Confused, yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 